0: Today's episode is sponsored by Dance of Gamers. Dance of Gamers is the leading distributor of video games and other consumer gadgets like the podcast microphone sets, ring lights, headphones, and affordable smartwatches and many other cool gadgets. For these and more, visit their website at www.thedanceofgamers.co. That is www.thedanceofgamers.co. As we wait, I think I can see her. I don't know what's going on. Welcome to the Ugandan Boy Talk Show podcast. We're here back again. And uh, yes, sir, let me give her a call. Hey, I can see you, but I can see your name, but I can't see your video or hear your audio. Is everything all right there?
1: Let me get it on.
0: Okay. Because I was waiting. Okay. All right. Now I see it. Mujevale, mujevale, mujevale. My name is Bane Kibuka and welcome to another episode of the Ugandan Ball Talk Show. Yeah, uh, I know connections are usually a struggle when I try to host people uh on the podcast and uh, yeah we have to deal with that. Unfortunately, that's how my podcast works. If I ever want to host somebody from a different country, somebody from a different place, it's going to have to work like that. But hopefully our listeners will be able to hear you and those who are watching on YouTube will bear with us because sometimes we have to just work around these things. And uh, we had to reschedule this recording because I had some family things that happened over the weekend, which this recording was supposed to be recorded over the weekend, but I'm so excited to have Josephine Luzige on my podcast. Josephine, welcome to my podcast.
1: Thank you, Bonnie. I'm happy to be here.
0: So I was connected to you by another person named Luzige, Jocelyn. How do you know Mm -hmm. Jocelyn Luzige?
1: Um, Jocelyn is my baby.
0: Okay. (laughs) I hope she can hear that. Jocelyne That was for her. All right.
1: Yeah, she's she's my little sister and uh, have, I'm an elder sibling to five. So I call them my babies because I've always been doing the deputy parent role. Okay.
0: So I understand uh, Jocelyn is living in America right now and you're living in Uganda. Why did you decide to leave your baby to separate from you?
1: Um I I think it's all about uh what, what what it it gets back to desire okay you know it's an issue of 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 mind over matter like mm-hmm. what matters I think we've always been different okay. although we are cut the same tree Jocelyn, is uh she's artistic uh she she likes she she's she's talented she likes to work with her hands she's good at designing she's good in that kitchen she's 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 always been um she's she's not the kind of person that you put in a room she she wants to she wants to have it all she wants to be her own woman
0: yeah that is true and i've followed her on instagram and everybody who has listened to the podcast who follows her you can tell like she she doesn't like settle in like she does a lot of different things and she likes to she likes to try out different things and uh through her, And I've actually hosted her on the podcast twice. I don't know if you've listened to the conversation or her episodes on the podcast when I hosted her. I've had her here twice and uh, she has good um, things to talk about and uh, she recommended you to be on the podcast. So I'm excited to have the family in the podcast. Maybe now after you then. I saw you guys have a brother too.
1: Yeah, sure.
0: <laughs> and he's a... Uh, yes. I was following, I think, on uh, Jocelyn's um, social media that he was contesting for some leadership in in his school.
1: Absolutely.
0: Okay. So, yeah, your family is really, I would say, talented and uh, they're into doing things, like achieving things. So I'm excited to have you on the podcast and have a chat with you today. First, we started with just a person who recommended you, who connected you to me to be on the podcast. But you personally, where were you born?
1: Um, I could use a couple of uh, words to introduce myself, but um, I was born down here in Kampala, um, 311 Ugandan. Um, what does
0: that mean, 311 Ugandan? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Like born and bred.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Right yeah.
0: here down in mpola Gaspin. All right.
1: So um I was born down here in Kampala uh, a few years back. Okay. Uh, to two beautiful parents uh to whom I owe much. There is a couple of words that I would use to introduce myself, but I am a lover of making things happen. I I I, I think I was I am an elder sibling to five. I'm the first born deputy parent. I have grown up in a household uh, where I have been exposed to an unhealthy dosage of confidence. I call it unhealthy because it's it's quite rare down here, especially in Uganda, that um, you meet such circumstances, especially for females or young girls like me that are exposed to just everything. So I've I've grown up in a in a gender in, in a gender neutral family, not in the aspect of uh, you choose what sort of gender you belong to, but Where a girl does what a boy does, and a boy does what a girl does. I'm a hustler. Basically, that's me.
0: That's a good introduction. And uh, you touched on a few things that we're going to talk about later on when we're having our conversation, but I like how you introduced it. And uh, I love some of the things when you say a hustler and uh, a gender-based family, where a girl can do whatever the boy can do. And that's something I advocate for, like, even girls. Like, I don't even want to hear that word. Like, uh, just doing what a boy can do. Like, we're all human beings. I mean, it's just, we're just different gender, but I feel like there's a lot that a girl can do. So as a boy or a boy, so whatever, like, I don't even, that doesn't surprise me anymore when a girl can do what a man can do. And I feel like, that's, I don't even wanna have a conversation about that because it's sometimes it's just putting another person down and putting another person up, which no. So I believe and I've seen your social media, you got into law um and you're working through that in the field. So our conversation is gonna be based on that because and whatever level you are at in law, which we will our listeners will find out. I'm sure what you've gone through so far is enough to help another child, another youth, another person out there that wants to do law or wants to go the same path. I'm sure you've experienced some things that you can advise somebody like, Hey, you can do this or you can do this. This was good for me. This was not good for me or this. I don't know, but this is what I hear just to share your perspective on that. But before we go into that, um, Walk us through your school life, like your primary high school and university where you went to school.
1: Um, mine has been a journey of uh, attending various schools, but I should say that the biggest lessons I've attained uh, were not from school, but, but from different people. But uh, I started going to school at two and a half years. At Victoria's Primary School, uh, my mom was uh, working. Uh, incidentally, I think I fetched uh, my passion in the legal profession from my parents. Both my parents are uh, single advocates okay. uh, down here in Kampala, different fields. So at two and a half years, my mom is um, my mom is a strong advocate for education. So at two and a half, hours already in school. Mm-hmm. So I grew victorious up to my primary seven. And I believe that it is, it is while I was a student at Victorious primary school that um, I obtained um, a foundation for a lot of things that have seen me through my career path. Uh, I, I think it was one of the few environments where I got to experience the differences that, uh, that that girls who dream face with men or with boys that dream. So it is while I was a student at Victoria's that um, I, I, I managed to get grounded that I got a hold of what I wanted to be. and uh, after cultivating that, I, I I come from a Catholic family. So I moved on to Trinity College Nabingo for my O-Level. Mm-hmm. And it was an experience quite tough, bony. Yeah. Tricked, girls' school.
0: Tell us about that, because for us, we're in these local schools and we're thinking like kids in Trinity College Nabingo are living the best life. But what do you mean when you say it was a tricky uh, college, your time in Trinity College?
1: Uh, Well, uh, coming from a mixed school, that is my primary school was mixed, both guys and girls. Going into a single-sex school, it it, it was quite hard adjusting, first of all, but um, the routine alone, uh, later on I figured that it uh, introduced different ideas to me that I've used in life, that have made me what I am. You know, it's different once you are uh, investing in both females and males in the same environment, and once you are paying attention to the females. Uh, Bonnie, I should tell you that um, females are sensitive. When it gets to education, when it gets to career, we tend to need special attention. And I believe that uh, I, I found that in a single sex school, I was exposed to a lot. We used to wake up, do jogging in the morning. We used to go and peel bunches of matoke. We used to scrub clean the entire school. So it it gave me a foundation. It it gave me, uh, it, it gave me Exposure to both being uh, an, a career woman and should I say uh, uh, a wife material. There is an element of single sex schools down here in Uganda, they don't just mold you for your career, they mold you to be uh, a wholesome I don't want to call it a full package, mm-hmm. but uh, they, they give you a little bit of everything
0: Perfect. and they
1: boost. Yes. So single sex schools, yeah.
0: So after Friendly College, Nabingo, where did you go next after that?
1: Then I went to King's College, Udo for my A level, for my advanced level. And boy, oh boy, it was hard adjusting from a single sex school to a mixed school. I was the last person to be admitted in my year when I, when I joined uh, King's College Budo. That was second term. And you know, Budo is high there and it's quite hard to be admitted, but I had good grades. So I, I gave it a try. I was like, well, what makes BudoNians special? I wanted to find out. Yeah, And I moved to King's College, Budo, and I later met a man, a teacher, a mentor that changed my life. Uh, may his soul rest in peace, Mr. Patrick Bakamale. So I meet up with him and uh, I'm with my mom and I've convinced her that, you know what, I need to find out what well, what makes Boudonians special. You know, I I, I need to know. So I used to engage in a lot of debate. I have always been a a debater, a celebrated one. So I moved to King's College with the report and they tell me that uh, they are not admitting anymore, but um, I I managed to convince him one-on-one. I sold to him my idea that I would represent the college in debate, that I played chess, and i remember him telling us that upon uh request the entire staff room at king's college buddha uh, said no we can't admit a new student in second term but luckily i was the exception and i joined actually there were there were no beds the, the school was full they weren't taking in any more people so it it was quite hard Uh, proving myself and earning my space in in a mixed school. But I I remember securing my space by my performance and stuff started moving, stuff started adding up. Yeah.
0: So I want to jump into your uh, career or your law. And uh, you kept telling us how you picked up your desire to be in law from your parents who are also lawyers. Um, when was the first time, like when you've grown up, when you've like gone through school and you know what it takes to be a lawyer, when was the first time you knew that you're going to be a lawyer and that's what you want to do?
1: I was six years, Bonnie. I was six years. I was in primary two and I knew I would be a lawyer. I I have a recollection of uh, moving with my dad to a courtroom. And I remember a a man was set free. He was in custody, I suppose, and he was set free. He had a crying wife and about two kids my age. One was actually younger than me. So I saw uh, my dad standing for this family and then I saw the happiness that they felt when when this family reunited, and I was just a little girl. I was in primary two. Yes, I must have been primary two, around six or seven. And it got stuck in my mind that I would be a lawyer, that I would work upon making people happy, reunited, and that that's that's the first recollection I have.
0: Yeah. So when did you then, now you've talked about that story of ruining people and I see now you chose to be an immigration lawyer. Um, is that the reason why you chose to go into immigration to make sure you bring, and what does an immigration lawyer do?
1: Well, about immigration, uh, I specifically chose to venture into immigration despite um very many opinions against it after I experienced uh, a different instance, but uh, still in the same bracket of law. So that was uh, around my S2, that is senior two. I was in Trinity College in a bingo, and I was traveling, that must have been 2012. Yes, May 2012. I was traveling to the US via ship for Amsterdam Airport. Yeah, I witnessed a mother. She must have been either Ghanaian or Nigerian. She had six kids, just like my mom had. And she was trying to cross over into Amsterdam. I think she, 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 she was trying to cross customs from Amsterdam to catch the next flight, flight into the U.S., And she had issues with her passports. She was facing a lot of racism. She would not appreciate the language. And um, she had a blended family. Parts of her kids were were black, uh, were, were persons of color, and the other kids seemed to be of a different race, specifically white so it it was quite hard i witnessed her being tossed around thrown around her kids were crying and it, it's at that point that i experienced what was happening at customs that i got the feeling in my heart that i had to to be an immigration lawyer not just a criminal lawyer because there is very many criminal lawyers commercial lawyers but a lawyer that represents people pe- people that are moving migrants then when it gets to the many stories in uganda of the ugandan girls working in saudi arabia i remember at a certain point living in tebe airport and there were long queues of ugandan girls my age who hadn't gotten a chance to education, squatting around the airport, and they were being taken, I, I, they were all in uniform. So I, I wondered what was happening, and they were being taken in the Middle East to work. And there is a certain season, it was around 2015 to 2016, harvesting of organs, Ugandan migrant workers, Ugandans working under the authority of Indians, Chinese, poor pay, all that. It it just, it it kept on adding one to one to make two and three. And I felt the need to stand out and represent people dealing with immigration, that is migrant workers and people crossing borders, yeah.
0: That is good that you talked about that because when you first gave us the experience of, uh, when you're in Amsterdam, my mind just straight went to Uganda. It's like, how do Ugandans uh, suffer from immigration? But I'm glad that you talked about that. The kids, the young girls and boys who leave Uganda to go to these, um, countries to work like Dubai, Saudi Arabia, all that, that could be like immigration. So I'm glad you mentioned that for our listeners to hear that. Um, the other question I wanted to ask you, like, yeah, we grew up thinking I want to be a lawyer. I want to do law. But what would you tell a child right now? That's, why would somebody want to do law? If you could, non persuading, but like giving somebody a reason why they should do law or why even normal people who are not lawyers need to understand
1: the law. Um. Well, um, To anyone considering this field, first of all, I would um, urge them to do it out of a position of passion and not convenience. I would uh, advise someone to take on this path because they want to, because it is a tedious field. It is demanding. It demands for effort, it demands for presence, it it, it demands for a lot. So it is something you do out of passion. But for someone starting out, I would basically tell them something simple. Mm -hmm. to, To be so skilled, to be so vigilant, to be flat out fantastic, such that their talent is recognized despite where they are. One thing about um, any profession, I believe, or any career that I have learned over time is that nothing beats competence. The moment you choose a field and you give it your best, you're competent, you seek out the qualifications and you don't have a money mindset, you are destined for greatness
0: i'm glad that you talked about do it as a passion and that's something i advocate for on the podcast anytime somebody asks me about like i'm an airplane mechanic and ask you what would you tell somebody who wants to do that the first thing is a passion you'll never enjoy something unless it comes from your heart if like you're forced to do that. So the first thing is like, it had to be something from your heart. So what is your first experience as a lawyer? What was your first experience? Like he could have been, I mean, you shared about when you went to the court with your uncle, no, with your dad, sorry. You shared when you went to the court session with your dad, but what was your first experience as now, like when you were in that field or was your first on your own?
1: I should say I've had um, a couple of experiences alone. I, I've I, I, I've stood on people's shoulders in this profession. But uh my past experiences were backdoor or behind the doors while I was a law student. I made it a point to, even before getting a practicing certificate, even before completing the law degree. I would always make it a point to hang around lawyers, hang around the law firm, see how business is done. So I remember my first experience. I was uh, in third year. <laughs> I was in third year law school, and uh, there was a client that had to be handled in the absence of the managing partner. So I, 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 I gave legal advice for the first time, and. I wouldn't believe that someone was taking it from me and uh, they appreciated the service that I gave unto them. So it opened up a whole new perspective, a whole new world. So I've always believed that um, I have to hang around the people who have made it so that I can build my craft. You know, um, the legal profession is, uh, I, I would say, there is getting the qualification and then there is knowing how to utilize it in your favor. So my first experiences have involved a lot of, uh, can I say that—willing or being a right-hand man to practicing advocates. I always woke up early and moved with my dad, moved with different advocates just to watch them do what they do in court. I invested time in learning before earning, and I'm still doing that every single day so that I can build my skills. So my first days basically were from a point of view and I should say getting my shoes ready so that by the time the music is on and the flow is mine, I'm perfect
0: you can dance <laughs> I like that I like that little illustration like you said at the end of that Um, what is the most challenging thing like again for the people who want to do law like what's the most challenging thing about a law school experience like you went through that you want to tell somebody else who is listening
1: Um. well I should be honest Bonnie I with with law school it's probably the assignments, it's probably the action-packed examinations that are a challenge. But like I always tell myself that if you are a student, your existing duty is to study. So that should not be a challenge. You're supposed to do that to get what you want. But I have experienced challenges in this profession in the field. And I believe these are challenges that are unique to a female to a young female lawyer. The challenges I've experienced in the open field, number one, it's not easy for a young lawyer down here in Kampala. Each year, I believe about a thousand lawyers are released. We are quite a number. You being young in the same field competing with people, um, household names, they are 50 years, they've been in the game for 20 years and above, it's it's not easy for a client to trust a young lawyer with their case. That is the first challenge. The second challenge for a female young lawyer, I don't know about the males, but it's that, usually when you get clients, the clients want to prey on you. So it's a field that, has, that, that, that favors the males. It is hard to say, but you have to be strong, you have to be principled and you have to have emotional intelligence and regulation to succeed in this field. Your ability to redirect a client that look here, if you're here for my legal services, there is a boundary. I'm going to give you the legal service and you should not go beyond that. Male lawyers are trusted. Trust me, this is what happens in a law firm. When business comes in, uh, usually senior counsel is in a meeting with you and, They pay him because he's experienced and because possibly it's his firm, it's their firm. But the moment the client walks out, the young lawyers do the drafting, do the research, run around the banks to pay court fees, run to URSB, run to the courtrooms to do the filing. So we actually have the skill, but not yet the trust from, from the public. Then when I get back to the female lawyers, the moment you earn the trust, male clients want to prey on you. And it, it gets tricky. I could give a personal example. Over the time you get a client, um, they trust you to do their work and indeed you're going to deliver. Because from practice, we female lawyers are much more trustworthy. Usually the males are involved in a lot of dirty deals with the money, blah, blah, blah. So a female lawyer delivers, but what happens, you get a male client and he's giving you a phone call at 2 a.m. and the client pays, possibly you give him a fee note of uh, around 10 million shillings, which is around $3,000. He pays half, thousand and five hundred USD, and the other half may never come if you don't yield to his to, to his advances. So I've had a couple of situations where I had to refund clients money because the client wants you to offer legal services and emotional services in the wrong way. So it's 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 a tricky field out there
0: today's episode is sponsored by dance of gamers dance of gamers is the leading distributor of video games and other consumer gadgets like the podcast microphone sets ring lights headphones and affordable smart watches and many other cool gadgets for these and more visit their website at www.danceofgamers.co that is www.thedanceofgamers.co. Yeah, um, I just wanted to touch on the the challenges you talked about in the all in the other section, but I, I'm glad you touched about that, and that's exactly what I wanted to hear. Like I wanted you to share because many people out there they don't know these inside things, and not until we get people like you who are in the system, who are going through these things, to set them out. Some people may, uh, they won't know about it. So I'm glad you shared that. And that's exactly what, if anybody was listening to hear something, at least they had that to know. And I know I had a lot of questions for you. Maybe we'll have you again sometime to have a longer and deeper conversation about law. Um, But I have a few questions I like to ask people at the end of the podcast to share their mind about some things. And one of the questions is, What's a life lesson you've learned in life uh, till today?
1: Well, there are quite a number. One is that um, there are two tragedies in life. One is getting what you want, and the other is getting it. While you may struggle to get what you want, there has to be a certain point when you invest a lot in keeping what you get. I don't know if it it makes Mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. So it's not enough to just desire something that, look here, I want to do this. I want to build my career up to such a level. But even after you get what you desire, it, it, it could be a business goal. It could be a fitness goal, a relationship goal. There is another tragedy in trying to keep it and having the wisdom to keep it. So I've discovered that you don't stop when you get what you want. You keep working. Then true. the other that I have learned is competence. Competence, competence, any day, any time. Uh, down here in Kampala, especially in Korea, there is what we call Gamba Nogu. No
0: Gamba Nogu. No <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: It loosely means uh, who is your, uh, who connected you, uh, what family are you from, what's your tribe like, what factors, what are the extraneous factors that must be considered for you to be somewhere. And life is teaching me that your gamba no won't always lead you to places. You know, there is a famous quote that says that beauty is taking women into marriage, but character is busy returning them to their father's houses. While you may be connected, you come from, there is what they say, you come from the right tribe, from the right family, you have the right appearance, all that has a certain limit. And the limit is competence. If you're not competent, all that may never help you. Then lately, especially in uh, working spaces, and they don't teach this in school, I'm appreciating that um, your ability to deal with people, to thrive with people, is what helps you in life. There are certain points where it is not your legal knowledge, your knowledge on um, business, your experience that takes you through, but your ability to talk to the janitor, your ability to to coexist with people. You know, mm-hmm. uh, my mom likes to say that. Uh, We have five fingers, and they are not equal. It slaps best when you mention it in Luganda. They usually say that, Mm -hmm. This one is quite short. This is the longest. This one is fat. Uh, Without the thumb or the pinky, you can't hold a pen, or you may not be able to dig. You may not be able to wash. So we need everybody in life. Mm -hmm. You know your ability with people despite their contribution it helps yeah it always helps because as a lawyer you will meet a clerk as a lawyer you'll meet a police officer so you have to know how to speak and to deal with people in their different capacities lastly that everyone doesn't have to like you (laughs) yeah you know People's perspectives come from different triggers. Mm -hmm. People is a vice that we usually face at your workplace, uh, in your relationship, in your career. You know, everyone doesn't have to like you and that doesn't mean that you don't coexist. But the moment you are comfortable in your own skin and with what you bring to the table, then that means you're confident enough to deliver. So,
0: those are the few lessons so far yeah. I I like those and uh, I'm really thankful that you shared those I usually ask one but I'm sure every single one of those you've shared it's going to be helpful to somebody and if people have been listening they will um enjoy that so once again uh, jo- uh, Josephine you guys have the similar names I almost called you Joslyn. once again uh, Josephine I'm so happy and like we're able to record this and just sit down pick your brains on the career you do and i'm sure the words you say today are going to bless somebody out there who is listening so i'm gonna for sure have you again here because i like talking to you and i know you have a lot of good words to share with with the people and they'll be beneficial to them so thank you very much for being here
1: Thank you so much, Bonnie. Thank you for what you do. I binge watch your show. I binge watch your podcasts, and they do a lot. Thank you for having me. I'll be glad to be here again for something even bigger and better.
0: All right. See you soon, Jasmine. Thank you.
1: Okay. Thank you, Bonnie.
0: Hey there, Uh, this is Bonnie Kibuka, the host of the Ugandan Boy Talk Show. Thanks for watching and listening to my podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend and recommend somebody to this podcast. Don't forget to leave a feedback on this podcast because that's how we grow. And also don't forget to share, like, subscribe and comment. Join us on our social media platforms on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and YouTube. So we'd love to hear from you. Thank you very much and be blessed.